Hey friends, this is Surabi bringing you episode 25 of Mom Strength. In this episode, I talk about the transition from one to two kids. You know, when is the right time, um, all of the mixed emotions around it, which are totally normal, by the way. And I'll also talk about some of the tips that worked for us, for our family, when we transitioned from one to two, and some of the challenges that I experienced too. But before we get started... Welcome to Mom Strength, a podcast and movement to empower, educate, and showcase mom strength inside and out. I'm your host, Surabi Veach, physiotherapist and fitness coach, also known as the Passionate Physio. Join me for discussions on movement, mindset, and motherhood, where we raise the bar and challenge the status quo. Get ready for expert interviews and real, honest conversations where we explore physical, mental, and emotional health. Let's celebrate the beautiful diversity and common experiences in all of our journeys. Let's do this. Hi friends, it has been a hot minute since I have done a solo episode and today I wanted to talk about transitioning from one to two kids based on you know, my own personal experience and just some of my thoughts around, you know, growing a family. And so why I wanted to do this episode is because it's been sitting with me for a while on the weekend, on last weekend, actually, I shared a picture of my beautiful kids. And I said something like, you know, it's taking me until now to be fully certain that having a second child was the right decision for us. Now, my son is over 18 months old, my daughter is almost four. And it really truly has taken me till now to feel like, okay, like, you know, this is good. This was the best decision for us. Now, it definitely helps that my kids are old enough to really start playing together. And, you know, they're just so cute. They share a room. So you can just hear them like giggling at night, making each other laugh. Um, You know, you see them sharing or taking turns with toys and just coming up with their own little code language, mostly made up of fart sounds. And what was the other sound? What am I forgetting? Oh, growls. That's right. My My son has been growling for over a year and now they growl at each other and make fart sounds. And so it's really cute seeing them develop a bond in a relationship. But it's more than that. It's obviously wonderful seeing your kids interact. But it's also about this whole change and transformation in your life, having a new human being and giving yourself the time to adjust to it and not expecting yourself to be fully certain, fully sure, right from the get-go. And so I want to share a little bit more about that because it's something that I don't often, actually, I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about it, but I know that other people feel that way. I just think that there's a stigma against, you know, admitting that anything is hard, admitting that you have doubts, admitting that you're unsure and you know, you look around and everyone else seems so sure and so in love with, you know, however everything ended up. And let's just admit, it is hard. Like those first 18 months with a new baby is really hard. And it's not like, you know, as soon as they turn 18 months, everything becomes easy. Obviously not. But when you're in that postpartum fog, you're just, you're doing a lot of things that are really challenging. Of course, there's so much joy that, you, that a new baby brings and the the smiles, the giggles, the slowing down, the pace slowing down, um, the joy in simplicity and the simple things in life, you know, really truly enjoying food and play and not feeling like you have to rush from here to here. And so all of those things are magical and beautiful. However, 
when you're sleep deprived, when your body is still healing, when your energy levels aren't back to normal, when there's, you know, there's someone, someone constantly in need of you, it can be really hard to be confident that like, yes, this was the best thing for us. And so let's start from the beginning. I wanted to, you know, say right off the bat that mixed feelings are normal, completely normal. You can be excited and happy and hopeful, but you can also feel uncertain or have doubts or be unsure of of things. So, you know, it's not one or the other. It's often both. And I, you know, you hear people saying, oh, I just knew the second my baby was born that our family was complete. And like, congratulations if that's you. But I also think that that's a bit of a myth. You know, there's, we like romanticize people just knowing right off the bat that everything is you know the way it's meant to meant to be but not everybody is like that many people take time to transition just like our kids some kids can transition like that you know I'm snapping my fingers you can't see it some kids can snap transition like that there we go I hope you heard that and other kids take time you know they need the warnings they need the songs they need the coaxing and so adults are the same like some people transition to you know having a new baby really smoothly and then others just take a bit more time it's not that one is better than the other it's just different so for me I do take a while with change and transitions and so it's not surprising to me that it's has taken me this long but what I didn't know when I had my first child was that that I just wish that it was normalized because even after my first I was constantly thinking like oh my god what have I done like I signed up for this like this is exhausting I can't do anything for myself anymore and I did go into this feeling of like whoa like (laughs) is this the right decision even though obviously I love my children so much so it's 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 a bit of it's a bit of both and you can love them you can know that in your heart that they're the most magical beings in your life and you can also feel like hmm (laughs) was this the right decision for me and so let's go back um to right from the start you know people ask I'm gonna go over some of the common questions that I've heard not necessarily people asking me but in just people reflecting upon themselves so people will often say you know when is the right time to have another child so from a biological physiological physiological standpoint it takes about 18 to 24 months to truly fully heal especially if you've had a cesarean birth but even with vaginal births you know if you've had any major tears um, and you know that's physically but we also need to talk about mental and emotional healing as well and it is there is a you know as people are having babies later and later there is this pressure to pump out kids back to back but like we're not we're not robots like we're human beings and we take time to heal from these things And I know everyone will say, but my grandma had 10 kids or this person had four kids back to back. And, you know, we're glorifying that as if that is the gold standard. And it doesn't have to be, doesn't need to be. Whatever works for your body is the gold standard for you. And if you are 22, 25 having kids, you have many more years of potential fertility. When you're older, when you're 35, when you're 40, 44, and, you know, you have fewer years available potentially to have children and that is an first of all I wish that that wasn't the case that there was that pressure um but but biologically as far as we know there is and thankful to you know fertility advancements there are other ways to support 
uh, a family because it's not always the woman; it's, it's the man. You know, the the sperm and the egg. It's, it's everything. There's so many other factors. But even with fertility support, you can you can wonder when is the right time, and there's no there's actually no right time. You know, for us, it was like, are we financially a bit more settled? Um, do we have stable jobs? Um, but you know, you could be waiting forever. Honestly, I think that's the ultimate. You know, there's there's people who have who are millionaires who are like, mm, we want to make a little bit more money before we decide. And then there's people who make thirty thousand dollars a year who have children. So. Either either way, you have to decide when it's right for you. There's no right time. And pregnancies take time to, you know, it's nine months. So it's not like the second you start trying, some people do get pregnant right away, but not everybody does. Most Many people, you know, it takes a year, a year and a half. And so sometimes it's like you don't have to decide today that you need a kid, that you're ready for a kid right that second. It, because it takes time. Pregnancy allows you to take that time to process as well. And so <clears throat> it's a really tough decision because you're kind of like future planning. And this is me. This is totally based on who I am. I'm, I am a planner. And actually having kids has helped me live in the moment more because it's really difficult to plan anything, especially with young kids and them getting sick or with the pandemic and everything else on top of it. <clears throat> Another question that I, I asked myself or that I've heard other people you know, say is like, will I regret it? Is it worth having another child? You know, I have a couple friends who had two kids and they were thinking of having a third. And, you know, it's like, is it worth it? Like we're, you know, we're good. We have to buy a new van, a new car, new everything. And nobody, again, can answer that question for you. You have to ask yourself. And I think one of the things is digging into why you want another child. Is it because everyone else is doing it? Is it because your bestie is doing it? You know, is it because it's a social norm to have two kids or X number of kids to want to have a boy and a girl, you know, or is it because you truly want another child? You know, do you have not necessarily room in your heart? Because I feel like our hearts can grow for to love all of our children. But do you have room in your life to accommodate another child? You know, are you feeling pressured because of these random arbitrary social norms cultural norms or do you you know because it's your life to live and it's also a huge responsibility to have a child especially one that you didn't fully want and so these were all the thoughts going into my head is like you know I I want I wanted to really be sure because honestly after having our first and being so exhausted and finally getting into a groove around when she was like 15 to 18 months she was sleeping through the night she had started daycare I was getting back to work and I was feeling like oh we're finally in a routine do we want to interrupt this all over again for another baby um and there are people who you know I I value my my career I value my independence and I value my family so it's it's a bit of again both and it's it's really easy, I think, for weight, like back in the day when women didn't have choice. They were forced to, you know, get married, have kids. So they didn't have the choice of having a career or having hobbies of their own. But now we do have that. And that is the beauty and magic of obviously progress in terms of women's rights. And with with more choice comes more decisions to make. And so it's it's a bit of like, for me, I really wanted to pursue my career. I, you, As you probably know, if you're listening to this, I absolutely love what I do. I am called to do it. I'm called to support people in this stage of life. And I really felt unsure whether I wanted to put that on pause to have another child. And so 
you know, these were the thoughts that were going on in my head. And I just want to share that openly and honestly, because I just haven't heard anybody else do so. And I know that if I felt that way, there's probably someone else feeling that way too. And then feeling ashamed about it because I did feel ashamed. Like, you know, am I not a good mom if I, if my life isn't about momming, you know, it's like my life isn't about motherhood. It's about me and all of the things that are in my, in my life and my, sure, my roles are my, my, you know, being a mom is my greatest responsibility, but I'm also me as a person separate to that. Um, and not even separate to that, but on top of that kind of, you know, like we can't forget ourselves. And for me, I really valued that part of, part of my life as well. So here we are, we're about, I think about 18 months postpartum and I started to feel more ready. And it's, it's quite interesting because at 12 months postpartum after my first, I would have been like, nope, we're done with one. And then as I started to, I think a big switch was getting more sleep. And another big concern that I had was my first pregnancy was extremely hard, both physically and mentally and emotionally. It was very stressful, other things going on in my life at the time. So a part of my fear, I think, was like, can I handle another pregnancy? How will I feel? How's my body going to feel? I had a fear of loss, um, you know, and so there's a lot to consider. So, and I know that people who have experienced loss can probably attest to that. I won't speak for them. Um, and there's a lot of fear and hope, but it's both, right? It's like both both sides of the coin. And I really truly think um, seeking mental health support I wish it was mandatory or not even mandatory, but I I wish that everybody had access to it because perinatal mood disorders are prevalent. They're not, it's not just postpartum mood disorders like depression or anxiety or rage. It's also perinatal because there's a lot of, you know, mental, emotional, chemical changes in your body during pregnancy and you have a lot of load on your body. Your body's literally creating a human being from scratch every single day, nonstop when you're awake, breathing, sleeping, eating, working, everything you're doing, your body's also creating human. So it's like, I wish that this is my hope is that you, if you are pregnant or if you're considering pregnancy, or if you have been pregnant in the past, I hope that you sit just in awe of yourself and of your body and of what it's doing for you or what it's done for you, because it's really quite magical. And I don't think that we honor it enough in the Western world. We kind of are like, oh yeah, we're pregnant, but I can still do everything. I can still go to work full time and do this and do that. And like, yes, you can, but also like you're already growing another human being. You have nothing else to prove. It's not that you have, and I'm not saying that growing a human being, it means, you know, it's the be all and end all of what your body's capable of. I just mean that it's not the time in your life that you have to prove yourself because your body right now is doing immense work. And so during my first pregnancy, I didn't really understand that. I was trying to carry on like normal and my body was constantly telling me to slow down and I wasn't listening. The difference with, you know, between my first and second pregnancies, I think I learned and I grew a lot as a person. And I started to realize like, this isn't about my ego and being able to do everything that I was doing when I was, you know, before pregnancy. This was about honoring the stage of life that I was in at the time. And so I was starting to feel more prepared that, yes, like, you know, I'm ready for a second. And both my husband and I were in agreement. We started trying and it, you know, took a few months and we got pregnant with with my second. And 
it was right around the beginning of the pandemic, actually. And it kind of worked out in that sense for us, for me, because I had less stress in my life because I wasn't commuting. I wasn't at my stressful job. Um, my clients are fantastic, but the work environment was not great. It was um, it was toxic for me. And that was a huge stressor in my life at that time too. So in, in many ways, my life did slow down. It was forced to slow down because of the pandemic. And it was amazing because my second pregnancy was a lot better physically, mentally, and emotionally. I also was, like when I said I grew up, I did grow up. I sought out support. I saw, I started speaking with a therapist. I started doing things more for me versus doing things just because I had to do X, Y, and Z. And so, you know, these conversations, I don't know if people think about these things or if it was just me. I, I know I'm an overthinker at times, but I did think about all of these things both before pregnancy and during pregnancy. And I still think about those things now because I don't think it's, uh, I think sometimes we think it's when we make a decision, it's like a clear cut answer, but sometimes there's so many shades of gray, right? And so going back to like, you know, can you handle it? Will it be too hard? Like it's, yes, you can handle it. And yes, it will be hard. So it's both, right? Whatever's thrown, I always say, whatever's thrown at you, you'll be able to handle it when the time comes. We can't future plan. Like I can't plan for the my teenage my kids teenage years now when they're <laughs> toddlers and preschoolers. You know, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm not going to wonder, "Oh my god, how am I going to handle this?" There's just no point in like worrying way into the future. Like let's try to live in the present. And so I would constantly tell myself that during my second pregnancy is like let's just take it one day at a time. And same with postpartum. Like Yes, I'm sleep deprived. Yes, this is hard. But I'm not going to think about how I'm going to handle the rest of this week. I'm going to think about just how I'm going to get through each day um, and to support myself and to ask for help. You know, all of those other things that will help me survive and just get get through that those really, really hard phases. And then the second part of that question of like, can I handle it or will it be too hard is, you know, hard is relative, right? So if you have, if you do not have any kids, Whatever your life, whenever you have an experience, you know, where something's really hard and something's thrown at you, you'll think that, wow, this is really hard, whatever the experience is. Now, let's say you have one, two, three kids, five kids, whatever the amount, whatever experiences are thrown at you, you're going to say, wow, this is hard. So, you know, one person doesn't have the experience of the other. So we can't compare, oh, who has a harder life? And it's not even about that. Hard is always relative. So whatever you have experienced, you're going to feel like some things in your life are hard and some things are easier. So like I'll go back to an example of like when we're in school, when I was like in high school, you know, or even university. It's like, oh man, this physics exam is so hard. And that was like maybe what I was stressing about the most at that time, right? And now like that wouldn't, I wouldn't even think twice about something like that. Even if I failed, I would be like, whatever, right? There's other priorities and other things that come up. And so I'm not going to shame a university student for finding their physics exam hard. Because I know at that phase of their life, that phase of my life, that was the biggest deal to me back then. So it's kind of like I find that there's this, you know, level of competition like, oh, but I, you know, you have or I have only one child. You have three kids. You must, it must be so hard for you. It probably is in, in many ways. Their life is maybe more packed. But let's not compare that, you know, because one person has more kids or one person has less that they're 
life is easier or harder. You really just, it's, it's all about you, right? Let's ignore the, the noise on the outside. Because I, I do even hear that now from parents who have one child. They're like, oh my God, you have two kids. I don't know how you do. I'm like, you know what? It's, it's not, I, I don't like that comparison. And I don't want people to feel like they're less than because they don't have two or three or four kids. It's really your choice to make. And I don't want you to feel like other people are looking down on you or comparing. Maybe there's some people who are, but I sure am not. And I think anyone, anyone who's a good human being really shouldn't be. Um, so there we go. And then it's, it's, you know, that being said, it's not wrong to choose what feels easier for you, what feels right for you too. Like, I was thinking about this, like if we had stuck with one kid, it wouldn't have been a wrong decision. The, you know, we, I, we went with what felt like the best decision and still had some doubts. And that's kind of where we ended up trying for a second, got pregnant. During my second pregnancy, like I said, it was a lot smoother because I think we decided to slow down. I really got to bond with my daughter more. We were, because she was home with us, daycares were closed. And it was a nice time in our lives where it was very stressful, but also because of the pandemic, but also, you know, really slowed, slowed down our pace and made us appreciate all of the simple and little things in life, like going to parks, going for walks, simple things that I likely didn't have a deep appreciation for before that. And then once we had our second child, I want to share some strategies for that transition that I learned from friends, from other people, and I wanted to pass it on in case you you need those or that you haven't heard these. First of all, in terms of like getting more stuff for your baby, we did use a swing. We did use a jumperoo. We found that we used that probably more with the second child because our hands were more full and that would entertain the baby. You know, we didn't, we don't do a lot of screen time at home uh, and that's a personal choice and I have no nothing you know if you use it no problem do what what do what you need to um to get through it and just being mindful of your choices as well um and if you're okay with them I have I know some some people have their tvs on in the background all the time and for me that would be very triggering because I'm noise sensitive so I personally don't don't like that but other people do and that's that's fine and so we used a lot more like I think that that was the biggest you know, difference in toys. I don't think we bought anything new for baby. We got a lot of hand-me-downs. We reused a lot of stuff from my my daughter. Um, and so it made it a lot easier. I didn't have to research anything, strollers, car seats. It was like, oh, this is easy. So that in that sense, I felt like as I was approaching my, my birth, um, labor and birth, I was like, hmm, I feel like I should be doing more, but I wasn't. I didn't need to. Like with, with my first, I was doing all the like, the classes, the hypnobirthing, the breastfeeding class, the hospital, you know, everything. I was learning about every every little thing that I could. Did it help me be fully prepared? No, but it did help me feel like I was in more control. And that's ultimately what I needed at that time. Because during pregnancy, especially if you're having a hard pregnancy, so much feels out of your control. So sometimes finding ways to feel more in control can make you feel feel better. And I think that's why a lot of people are like obsessively cleaning or like organizing because it just gives them a sense of like, okay, this is something I can do and that I have control over when X, Y, and Z in my life is not in my control. So, um, all right, let's move on to strategies for the transition. So once, and I'm actually going to do an entire episode on 
like late pregnancy and birth and maybe I'll share my birth story too let me know actually if you if you're listening to this send me a message on Instagram at the passionate physio or send me an email so to be at the passionate physio.ca and let me know what you're interested in learning more on uh, around pregnancy labor birth the transition any of this stuff um, I have a I have a few pregnant clients right now. I see clients virtually from all over the world. If you're in Ontario, we do virtual physiotherapy, and then if you're elsewhere in the states, Canada, the UK, India, wherever else, we do virtual fitness coaching. And so I have a few pregnant clients right now where I support them to feel better during pregnancy, stronger, manage symptoms, leaks, um, and just give them some education around labor and birth whether it is a cesarean birth a vaginal birth and help them feel more prepared and a a big thing that women that pregnant people will say is like wow I feel so much better it's just this mental feeling like oh my gosh this new potentially scary thing that's happening in my life that I don't know anything about now I do do know a little bit about I feel more prepared right so it can be a game changer so if you need support anytime during preconception, conception, pregnancy, you know, postpartum, please do reach out. I would love to support you in feeling feeling more confident in yourself, ultimately, and in your body. Okay, so here are some strategies for the transition. So first, someone recommended a toy bin that is specific for your older child for when you're feeding your younger child, whether you're breastfeeding, bottle feeding, pumping. When you're kind of like hands are occupied, you can't move around much, have a separate bin of toys. We didn't really do that. I think we did get a couple new toys. I had a friend who, you know, got the older kid, got the younger kid special toys from the the baby. We didn't really do that. I think my daughter was too, I don't know. I don't want to taste too smart, but she she was she would have been like, okay, how's this baby actually getting me a toy? No, um, she would have figured that out. So we didn't we didn't do that. We just um, tried to keep her entertained, and you know involved her a lot I think that was the biggest thing is making her feel special like she because I've heard this uh being explained as like you know you have the first child and then when you have a second the first child feels like you have like it's like your partner has another woman in your home you're like what the heck like I was I was the like hot shot and now somebody else is here and so for kids it can be really really hard and so just preparing them in advance we read a lot of books on like how our baby's born and like um I have to think about the names of the books I'll actually add the book names in the show notes because I can't think of them Lola Lola reads to Leo was the cutest book and I really liked that the kids are brown and black and you know look more like my kids and aren't just all white babies all the time so that's really important to me in books and in media and representation and and everything and so I loved reading that book um that was a story about a little girl who was having a little brother we didn't know we were having a boy but it just so happened that that kind of worked out then there was another book I think it's where do babies come from and it was written by a doctor and it's goes over like how the baby's made and it's it's very very like brief it's like a sperm and an egg meet and they form a baby that kind of idea but or and it even says you know it doesn't happen every time so I was reading that to my two-year-old and she could understand you know most of it and she really knew okay this is where baby's coming from but babies can also come from here like they can come vaginally or through uh, an abdominal birth and so I think 
her knowing what was going to happen helped her feel more prepared so that when baby came she wasn't like oh when's he going back she knew that he was there to stay and so making her feel really special asking her um to bring his diapers or you know asking her for advice oh what outfit do we pick out for uh for him like what what do you want to pick out and so she kind of felt important right and so like or, or even asking her permission like oh do you think it's okay if we read this book him like what do you think and so she'd be like yeah or no I think he'd like this book so just gave her a little bit more purpose and and responsibility too and lots and lots of positive encouragement when she did you know snuggle a baby or kiss him or you know she wasn't it depends on the kid's personality too I know you see all over social media the kids like oh my my older child just adores the baby and they're like kissing and hugging like congratulations that's um, that's amazing but not all kids are like that some kids are just like oh like great another kid's here but like you know they, they still love the kid but they're not like wanting to hold them all the time and I think that that's okay too we, we, we're not trying to force a relationship when they're like days old. A relationship takes years to develop. And so taking that pressure off of yourself that you have to get these cute, perfect pictures posed. We did we did try to get some photos early on and we did manage a couple, but she was just like not that interested in like constantly posing with her baby brother. And that's okay too. Um, and then a big thing is, you know, I talked about toys, making the older child feel special, giving her responsibilities and lots of positive encouragement rather than like um, negative, <laughs> you know, instead of being like, oh my God, why did you rough ha- roughly handle your baby or or whatnot, whatever you'd say. Um, say, oh yes, we remember gentle touch. And, you know, if your kid's in daycare school, maybe getting them to kiss their foot or their, their top of their head instead of like their face or their hands because your hands always go in their mouth. So there's other ways and just lots and lots of repetition and consistency because depends on the age of your older child. If they're six, seven, they may, they obviously are very able to understand so much more. If they're 15 months old, two years, one year, three years, like they're still young and they still need a lot of attention themselves. So not expecting so much from your older child, which I constantly catch myself doing. And I'm constantly like, oh, right. She's still like three. Like why? You know, you you assume because they're older, they should know better, but they're still young. So I have to remind myself that all the time. And then one strategy that worked really well that one of my friends suggested was like, instead of telling your older child, oh, I'm busy with baby, I can't play with you, or I'm busy, you know, feeding him. Instead saying like, oh, it's his turn right now. And next, it's going to be your turn. What do you want to do when, you know, when it's your turn, read a book or whatnot. And so it's turn taking rather than um, I'm too busy for you, right? Or because of baby, I can't do X, Y, and Z. Because then they start to resent the baby too, right? Or be envious. Um, so one of my friends, honestly, it was the cutest thing. I was, when my daughter was a baby, I had gone to visit my friend Nikki and she had two kids and her youngest was my daughter's age. So her oldest used to snuggle with her when she was feeding her second. So when I was there feeding my daughter, her oldest came next to me and like snuggled beside me and was like, can you read me a book? That's what my mommy does. And I was like, this is just adorable. <laughs> like, so I was feeding my baby and reading a book to my my friend's daughter. And so when I had my second, I was like, oh, that's just how it's going to be. It's going to be awesome. You know, every time I feed him, he's she's going to come and like snuggle with me and we're going to read a book together. 
<laughs> that happened like once. <laughs> so I just wanted to share that because like release some of the expectations of like how your relationships are going to be with each child, how your relationship between the children are going to be because it just takes time, right? Give yourself lots of patience. Give your kids lots of patience and know that you're going to lose it some days. You're going to feel you know, you're going to just be upset. You're going to cry or be short with the kids or yourself. And it's okay. You know, you're not, it's everything takes time. The whole transition takes time. And, you know, some of the hardships that I want to share too, that nobody really told me about was like the, the hardest part was truly the big change in relationship with my older child. I was not ready to experience that. I didn't know it was going to be that hard. The first two weeks were really, really, really hard. Um, I felt like I was missing out on things with her. I felt like our relationship has just changed. I really missed her. Um, You know, luckily, I'm so fortunate. My mom, my parents are close. We live in the same building. It makes it really easy. My mom had taken a month off work when my daughter was, my son was born and would hang out with my daughter. My daughter slept over there a bunch of nights. so, So my daughter was entertained. She was fine. She was happy. But I missed her, right? I really missed her presence and um, it was hard. But I say the first two weeks were really hard and then it started to get easier as we settled into the new norm. Even today, my daughter still is not as like attached to me as she was before my son was born. And I think that's okay. I think we, sometimes we like to feel needed as parents, as, as moms especially, But part of, I think, having kids is like letting go, right? Like from the moment they're born, you're letting them go. When they're pregnant, they're in you. You're holding them all the time. And then there's this like process of like letting go, letting them be a little bit more independent because they'll always need you. They'll always come back. But it's just when we had a second, I just didn't didn't understand or didn't know that I would experience this huge like letting go at the same time of my daughter. And that was hard. That was really, really hard. Lots of tears around that. And then there was also a feeling of guilt with like, I can't give my younger child the same attention that I was able to give my older child. So like with my older child, when they were the the only ones around, she was the only one around. So she got 100% of my attention when she was home, when we were home together. And so with my second, my daughter was still home with us for eight, for, was it 18 months? No, for the first year. Yeah, that's right. Both of them were, when my son was born, he was at home for a year. And my daughter was at home with us as well. And then they both started daycare when he turned a year old. And so when there's two kids at home or more, if you have multiples, even more than that, you know, it's really hard to give your baby one-on-one attention in the same way. So I found that he would get little pockets of like five minutes here or 10 minutes there. But there was no like, oh, we're going to do this for like two hours undivided attention. Uh, maybe if your older kid is in daycare or school, that that is possible. But when you have both at home, it's just different. And there was a little bit of like guilt around that. But I learned quickly that that's okay. Your younger child doesn't know what they're missing. They don't know that the older child got all of this. They just know what they get, right? So if they're born into a family of three, four kids, they just know that this is how it is. So you know, I feel like in some ways, younger kids are more adaptable. Or the second kids are, you know, they're just they're used to not being the star all the time so they don't they don't expect that in the same way however I will say that I think younger kids are also very smart at getting attention when they you know by getting into stuff or like 
um, I, or maybe that's just my son. Like he knows when he's when we're preoccupied with my daughter, he'll like find a way to make a mess or just attract her attention. And then, it, and then another thing was, I think he woke up a lot at nighttime because that was the only time she was asleep. So he got one on one hundred like attention full time, right? And so he'd be for three or four months. He did split nights where he'd be awake for like an hour and a half in the middle of the night. So you can imagine why it took me. T- took me 18 months to fully realize that yes this was worth it because when it's when you're having split nights when you're not sleeping when everything just feels hard it even when you're practicing gratitude which I was doing I practice gratitude I practice you know accepting that this is how it is um, it's still hard right so then when we consider the physical recovery as well on top of all that it can be really really challenging so I know a lot of my clients or even myself Sometimes the shock of your body changing so rapidly, and I'm not even talking about appearance because that alone is hard, but it's also the physical like confidence in moving your body, the trust in your body, the athleticism that you're missing, the prolapse that you may have, the unplanned cesarean that you had or scar tissue or pain and like a whole slew of things that um, I I help people with, I support people with. Um, in their recovery but it also takes time so if you're in that the thick of that phase it can be sometimes hard to feel like oh yes this was the right decision because I don't think any of us would happily sign up for yes I want this this and this all these negative outcomes it just so happens that we that happens right so I wouldn't be like yep I really want a prolapse prolapsed bladder you know but that's part of you know, pregnancy and postpartum. So it can be really hard to navigate all that. There's a lot of mental and um, processing that is required. Therapy is fantastic for that. And just even giving yourself time to explore all of that and to come to terms with it. And I think that all of that is why it took me this long to kind of be fully sure. And I don't feel bad saying that. I used to feel kind of ashamed to say that because it I felt like me saying it out loud that, oh, I'm not sure if we should have had a kid or two kids or whatnot would make me seem like a bad mother. But ultimately, I think I'm just being honest with myself and with you that it's okay to have all of these mixed emotions all over the place. You're a human being. You're not a plant. You're not a robot, you know, who just has on and off. You can think and feel many things at once and it does not make you a bad mom, does not make you a bad person. It just means you're a human. You're a human being. So... You know, I wanted to share all of those things. I hope this is helpful for you if you are considering having another child, if you already are pregnant with your second or third. Um, and if you're, if this is, if you're not pregnant yet, or if this is your first baby, maybe some of this will help even for that because, you know, the same principles apply, like understanding that there's no right time and nobody can answer the question of will I regret it or will, is it worth it? Um it's for me it is always worth bringing a wonderful new human being into this world if you're if you are going to love them and if you are going to um be able to provide for them uh and I'm not just talking about financially I'm just talking about like if you are able to give yourself give parts of yourself to be there for them I think there are so many times I think that women are having kids being forced to have kids way too young they're not grown up themselves and I'm talking about like way in the past and I'm sure this still happens um and 
I really think that it's okay to spend time to explore yourself first before having kids. Um, and I'm glad I got to do that a little bit more as well because I had kids in my mid-30s instead of, um, you know, when I was 22, 23, 24 like my mom. So let's, I'm going to wrap this up today. I hope that this conversation was helpful for you. Please share it to your stories if you're on Instagram and tag me when you listen. Send me a screenshot if you have a private account because I won't be able to see it otherwise. I'm very grateful for you for listening to this. Um, This episode was all just kind of based on my personal experience versus like me as a physio or me as a fitness coach. So I... Yeah, I appreciate you you listening. And um, if you enjoy this episode, please give this podcast a rating. There's a five-star rating button right up top if you're listening on whatever account, Spotify, Google, Apple. And you can also leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Um, So I would appreciate that if if you uh, find my podcast to be helpful for you. Alrighty, friends, I hope you have a wonderful day and we'll chat soon. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Mom Strength and being part of this important conversation. Check out the show notes for more info and links and we'll chat again real soon.